sound it means that uh, live from area 51 welcome to sci-fi saturday night on a wonderfully snowy new england evening uh, live from area 51 i am the dome from the four color comic vault in manchester new hampshire illustrator x how are you hello and welcome and welcome to the first show of 2010 which according to Ooh, yes. clark is the year we make contact of what? I don't know. <laughs> of what? Yeah, that is the question. Um, and from the Alston Brighton's Nexus in Boston, Massachusetts, Kriana? <laughs> Hi, I didn't know it was a Nexus now. Can it be oh. a Hellmouth? Uh, hell okay. <laughs> Only on the T. <laughs> That's oh. true. Uh and uh, let me see, down in Erie, Indiana, we have Awake by Java. That's me. And how was everybody's holiday before we do anything else? Woo! Yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. One of my best, I think. Yeah. Super. It was, I think we were, everyone was just so happy to get the year over with. <laughs> it was one of those years, wasn't it? Yeah. One of those years. Uh, so anyhow, we got we got a lot to talk about this week. We got some some TV, we got we got some new movies. Um we got the blockbuster hit of of the decade, which is Avatar to talk about. And at uh, eight thirty we've got uh, Bob Shaw coming to talk to us about Boston Comic Con 2010. Now, I, I, which brings us to my first question of, of the new year. Is it 2010 or is it 2010? It's 2010 for sure. Yeah. I mean, 2010, that, that's military time. 2010 <laughs> is an achievement. Yeah. I mean, we've already come to the point where we've got video phones. We just need, you know, flying cars and teleporters now, and we're all set. I, all I want is a silver jumpsuit. <laughs> I, I want those, like, pneumatic craft. tubes to go to work in. I want no. a hovercraft. <laughs> well, we can always bring back the moon boots from the 80s. Well, those were cool. The ones with the little springs on them? Um, what? <laughs> We've got a bad connection. Someone just broke in and said moon boots are cool. <laughs> Silver jumpsuit, yes. Not microwave safe. But well, moon boots? Hold on. You have to understand that when moon boots were around, I was also, you know, dealing with better living through chemistry. And, uh, hey, whose living isn't better through chemistry? That's what I want to know. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mine certainly oh. is. <laughs> Wait, let me get my let me get my chemistry here to enhance the conversation. If it's gonna be one of those nights. Which leads us to tonight's drinking game. What are we all drinking tonight? Uh, Merlot. Uh, I have a lovely bottle of black so Merlot myself. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm, I'm sticking with water. I'm still recovering. Yeah, and, and I'm, I have my bottle of uh, Evian, and I'll be just fine with that. Which um, fell backwards. We know what that's code for, Dome. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my goodness. So, hi, am I the only one who hasn't seen Avatar at this point? No, I haven't either. You haven't? I have not. Okay, then you are among the very few who need to go out and see it. Well, you know, they should have had some ads. I mean, really, a marketing (laughs) campaign would have been welcome. Yeah, their marketing campaign was really sucky, wasn't it? It was terrible. It was like marketing fail. That's what I thought. I mean, all they really had to do was get on TV and say, it's a Yes album cover, but it moves. Which brings us back to the better living through chemistry. All right. (laughs) So, how is Avatar, people? You know, I was pretty excited about it. I've been hearing about this movie for years and years, but I don't think I was adequately prepared. If you've seen a 3D movie before, and you know, at this point, I think most people have, you know, you're used to having yo-yos come out and, and try to, you know, they're the attempt to wow you into, oh, no, something's coming in your face. Ooh, so, mistake. Uh, but, <laughs> that was you know, scary. Shut up. But honestly, yeah. I never felt like there was anything gimmicky about this movie at all. And it was, uh, it was quite an experience. The the three D element, and I saw it in IMAX three D. Um, <laughs> perfect, oh, absolutely perfect. Yeah. It after the first few minutes, I just it seemed as though it was the natural way to watch a movie. You know, wow. I I felt like I was in the world and seeing things as I would if I was, you know, an invisible observer in the in the story and i think that that's partly because i we're not used to seeing things on a movie screen in three dimensions a movie is a series of pictures which is great and can be very moving but this is an entirely different experience because it seems real and but is it a positive experience hell yeah did you like the movie absolutely uh, the nope. story the story was a little bit fern gully. <laughs> What's wrong with fern gully? <laughs> nothing nothing at all is wrong with fern gully. Damn it, skippy. It, it was it and it was very much that same story. Um but you know it, the way that it was told got me involved in the in the world and the and the people with the the characters in a way that I really haven't experienced with a lot of movies. And I think it's going to be one of those experiences that I'm going to remember for a long time. Wow. Cool. Dom, agree, disagree? 
here's why it works. The effects are awesome, no question about it. Mm -hmm. uh, the 3D works very well. The use of the uh, uh, single intentional camera mm -hmm. uh, instead of uh, CGI is amazing. Without a good story, the whole thing is a waste of time. There was a movie a long time ago called Day of the Dolphin. Oh, I've heard of that. And is it George, like Day of the Dead with dolphins? George C. Scott was in it. Yeah. And it was a movie about um, them training dolphins to carry explosives, yada, 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 yada. So basically an army of zombie dolphins. Something like that. <laughs> but the whole point of the movie was it was a crappy script. It was badly acted. But it was the first movie that was shot entirely on a steady cam. It was a proof oh. concept movie. Okay? So that the movie came out, did fairly shitty, but everybody looked at it and went, the steady cam was amazing. They, there is a single sequence in the film yeah. of two actors walking down four flights of stairs, having a conversation, uncut, an uninterrupted shot, all shot on the Steadicam, and it's amazing. Now, the old people. If Avatar had been a proof of concept film for this new way of producing special effects, I would have been severely disappointed. Hmm. It wasn't. It was so much better than that. It was so much more than that. It was so, there was so much texture to it. There was, um, 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 oh God, what's her name? Um, Megan Fox. From Alien. No, not Megan. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney oh, yeah. was excellent. And, I mean, there you are with, you know, a terrific actress in a secondary role. Mm -hmm. Just just blowing the screen away every time she's on. And, you know, Cameron, as a director, you know, took money, took almost $100 million out of his own pocket to finish the film. He did Good do for that. Him. Really? Good. Well, yeah. it must be nice to be able to do that. Um... Well, he was that much over budget. <laughs> and that's what happened. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm blown away. Absolutely blown away. It deserves everything that it's gotten to this and, point. And everything that it will get. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's just a blow-me-away film. There, there's absolutely no reason not to go see this movie. Well, I'm convinced. Right after this, I'm I'm going. Nice. Well, cool. Yeah, not really, but you know. Well, I hope that the uh, roads are cleared enough tomorrow for you to do that. I know it's still snowing here. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's like a winter wonderland. <laughs> or the ice planet Hoth, you know, either one. The second this show is over, the very next sci-fi thing I am watching is. The end of the David Tennant era. Oh, I'm still going to see that, too. Doctor Who is 
starting in 19 minutes. Okay. Well, I will Conveniently through our show, but it's being taped. It's the beauty of TiVo or, you know, VHS in your case, I guess, huh? Not VHS. Well, tape <laughs> being the, the terminology, whatever. <laughs> I'll be able to watch it as soon as I end the show. Yeah. Okay. Via an unspecified medium that's probably VHS. Oh, cut it out! It is not. <laughs> Actually, I have a monkey with with uh, watercolors. It's just going to make an awful lot of frame paintings. <laughs> Let me make it easy for you then, uh, X. Yeah. It is possibly the finest Doctor Who I have ever seen. Uh, I tell you, that was hands down one of the best cliffhangers last week I have ever seen. I think I almost jumped through the ceiling at the end. The payoff delivers everything. Uh, and more. Oh, it was and more. I just hope the new doctor is going to be awesome tastic. I will tell you right now, and for all of our listeners out there, the reality is the last 20 minutes of this, that show are heartbreakingly wonderful. Wow. I don't want to watch it. I'll be sad. No, you're not sad. No, you're not. <laughs> it's, it's some of the most exquisite television um, production I've ever seen. Uh, and, you know, to be perfectly honest, I was watching it on my iPhone on my way back home this morning. And I finished the first episode on my first flight, and I was watching the second one on my second flight. And they told us to put away our electronic devices for landing, and I didn't because I. Didn't. <laughs> I'll I'll admit it. You can put me on the terror watch list or whatever. I mean, I don't care because that was, I I could not stop watching. Wow. Was, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you two things. First of all, John Sim as the master. Yeah, is possibly the best performance ever seen in this new incarnation of Doctor Who. Wow, that the, this last episode is amazing. When you add that to Timothy Dalton, as, yeah, no kidding, Doctor. I mean, James Vaughn showing up. <laughs> That first of all was it was a nice surprise last week. Yeah. But this week, even more so. Even more so. Um I suggest that you watch it. Uh I have a review of it up on our website now, so please, if you don't want to see any spoilers, don't look at the website. Don't look at don't look at my post at least. I'm willing to sit here and spoil. After spoil, after spoil, right now, and I won't do it, but the last 15, 20 minutes of that, you sit there, and it is a wonderful end to the David Tennant era as the Doctor, and a wonderfully likable glimpse at Matt Smith. You know, I hey. I love David Tennant so much. And um, as, a, as a doctor and as an actor, I think he's brilliant. I think he was brilliant. And I was pretty sure that I was going to be upset by the transition. And I absolutely wasn't. 
Hey, go ahead. I'm sorry. It, That's okay. it was, it was the one of the. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It it made everything okay. In all of the promo pictures that they've done of Matt Smith to this point, he looked very young and punky. Steampunky? And not even. Aww. Just just young and punky. Yeah, when, he looks like wait, he's being mm. punky Brewster. Yeah, pretty much. He looks like he's being sent to bed without supper because he chipped his tooth on a belt buckle. <laughs> what? But, um, when he, when you see the, when you get your first shot of him, which is about with about two or three minutes left to go, you you look and you go, okay, all right. And then he gets right into doctor mode, and it is... I was actually smiling. Ah, God. Now, listen to this. Me too. One I was of, smiling, too. One of, one of the weekly... Uh, one of the, the, my daily uh, think, uh, websites I read is Publishers Weekly, The Beat. Mm-hmm. And that, early last week, they had this little blurb. Can the, can the Moffat era please get here already? Part one of the end of time had all the things that fans have grown tired of from the Russell T. Davies era, ponderous narration, and cutesy aliens. Wow. Thank, you know thank goodness for wonderful performances. Okay, first of all, they're out of their freaking minds. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I, there was nothing ponderous about it. This could have gone for four hours. Yeah. End of time, I was just... I mean, the part one, which is all I've seen, I was just in it from the very get-go. I was like, I cannot believe how good this is. And, I mean, if you're going to have a narration, and I think this was, this was necessary, the narration was not only necessary but fun. I mean, Timothy Dalton, for God's sake, give me a break. Give me a break. You know, and as a as a diehard Doctor Who fan, there are if they want bad Doctor Who, I have suffered through every episode of the Colin Baker era, which I do not hold Colin Baker himself responsible for. He's a good actor, but oh my god, <laughs> I should have a medal. <laughs> there have been some bad shows, but I can't I can't hold any of the modern era as being bad, with the exception of Dallas in Manhattan. That was really oh, cool. yeah, that, that was horrible. Bad. That was awesome. <laughs> they were pigs. They were pigs yeah, on top. That, that one, was great. That's the only one where I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Guys, don't. Don't. There, there are two quotes that really got to me in this last episode. The first one is when the doctor turns to Grandpa Wilfred. <laughs> and says, it's not like I'm an innocent. I've taken lives. Yeah, he has. Tennant brings the, the, the wonderful humility of his existence full circle. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. The, wow. other, the other quote that got to me was about 15 minutes in, uh, 15 minutes towards the end when he, when 
you you feel that there's a wrap up happening. And it starts with, I'll just give you the beginning. Sometimes I think the Time Lord lives too long. Hmm. Thought provoking. Anyway, no more spoilers. <laughs> it's really hard. I got to tell you, Java, is it not hard it's, to not spoil it? It's really, really hard not to. You have to see it. I would say just as much as Avatar, you have to see Doctor Who, if you're a Doctor Who fan. Uh, anyway, I wanted to talk about a new TV show that I just started watching. It is coming to the U.S. soon. It's called Demons. And oh, it's on after Doctor Who tonight. Is it really? Yeah. So I have a, <clears throat> acquired <laughs> a copy of the first episode. And um, I, I got to watch it today. And it was actually fairly interesting. If you like, you know, sort of monster of the day type early Buffy episodes or early like supernatural episodes... There's a teenage boy, Luke Rutherford, and he learns he's the descendant of Abraham Van Helsing of, you know, Dracula. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a blind woman named Mina who is a descendant of the Harkers. And it's just very interestingly point put together. Of course, he has a mentor and a secret lair. It's, it's kind of cool. I really liked it. It's, it's kind of Buffy-esque, so I guess it's been done before. But the, at least the first episode was entertaining. It held my held my attention on, like, Sanctuary. Now, isn't this, um... It'll seem like a fresh take on vampires to viewers because it actually shows vampires as being horrible, evil, disgusting-looking monsters and not, you know, cute emos. Yeah, totally. It, <laughs> the monsters are yucky, and they're not pretty, and they're not sympathetic, and um, you kick the heck out of them, basically. It's great. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I only seen the first episode. I don't know how it's going to um, end up, but it's on tonight after Doctor Who. So, you know, go for it. It's, it's worth, you know, the initial watch. For those of you with BBC America, go for it. it. Yeah. Wow, we got to stop doing that. Yeah, and we are not sponsored by BBC America, although we wouldn't be above it. <laughs> Are you kidding? I would love to be sponsored by BBC America. That would be a, epic. Oh. Although it was originally on ITV, and I guess the same people did that one who did Merlin, if you liked Merlin, which I did, even though, you know, its Arthurian mythos was entirely ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But it was still fun. It was still fun. I actually yeah. re recommended that to a friend over break and uh, over the Christmas. Certain um, Zombrarians can't get past the Arthurian inaccuracies, but... You yeah, know. I couldn't either, so I kind of agree with her on that one. It's just a fun show. I mean, you don't have to get too invested in it. You can kind of eye candy, fantasy, cuteness. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, well, it, it not for didn't do it for me, you know? Not for everyone. No, definitely not for everyone. But, uh, no, Demon sounds interesting. So is there any other TV that we should be talking about? Okay, um, and I am very, very want not to even promote this. But and why uh, are you? Well, because Human Target was actually a good comic and a good graphic novel. Am I right there, X? I have to say I've only read a few of them, but I always liked the concept and the character. I thought it was a great idea and, uh, you know, <laughs> solid you know, solid adventure stories for the 1970s stories I read. 
And I'm just really scared that Fox is going to screw it up. Why? Don't why? It's not like they why? have a history of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Shoot me now. Shoot me now. Anyway, I have one more thing to talk about before we go to trivia today. And that is Spider Robinson. And so there's a little backstory behind this. I was catching up on my RSS feeds today because I've been really neglectful all through Christmas. One of my RSS feeds is io9, which is a really excellent sci-fi fantasy blog. And they mentioned on, you know, oh, I don't even know when. doesn't even say. I think it was December 30th that Spider Robinson, and if you don't know him, he wrote Callahan's Cross Time Saloon and other wonderful, oh wonderful books. God. He is one of the funniest, best science fiction authors and a protege of Robert H. Heinlein. And, He's fantastic. Uh, amazing. Just amazing. Anyway, his wife, Jean, has cancer, unfortunately. Oh. And oh. Um, there are science fiction writers turning out to help them out. So um, on December 30th, there's, there was a big rally for the Robinsons where Larry Santoro, who's an author, agreed to donate all the proceeds from his novella, Lord Dickinson's Declaration, to Jean Robinson to help her with her cancer. So I, I thought it was worth supporting both Larry and Spider and Jean. So if you go to starshipsofa.com, the book is no longer for sale, but you could get other books and other things. And if you go to spiderrobinson.com slash podcast.html, you can subscribe to his podcast voluntarily and uh, donate. So you don't you don't have to, you know, subscribe via PayPal in order to get the podcast. But if you want to give him a certain amount of money per month, it would be appreciated if you listen to it regularly. Or you can just do a one-time donation, and I'm sure they would appreciate anything you could send their way at this tough time. We'll uh, we'll have that on our website uh, attached to this podcast, so that uh, uh, people can. Uh, I mean, I know I read that today, and I went, "Darn it!" Missed it by what three days? <sighs> if I had been caught up, I, I could have participated, and I would have. Yeah, absolutely. It would have been spectacular! We could have plugged it last week, gotten all five of our listeners to go and buy the book. But if we go all the way back to the very first inception of this show, when we had Gene on, the one on actual radio for those of you who are just joining us, Gene. Is in our listeners, Gene Cavellos. I'm sorry. Is a is a science fiction writer of some ill repute. Her own self. <laughs> and uh, that's putting it mildly. Gene Krasinski's disciples, right? Exactly. <laughs> and Gene had offered to try and get other writers on the show for us, and in fact had gotten a number of others. And there was always the standing order, and for me, that if you can get Spider Robinson. Please, because uh, Spider, to me, was always an inspiration, not only uh, for his prolific uh, writing, uh, the Callahan Cross Time Saloon series of books is just phenomenal, uh, and the Lady Callahan books as well, which are even more fun, but also that he was a protege of Heinlein's, 
and stayed with Heinlein until his death. And he's like the world's greatest authority on possibly one of the three greatest science fiction authors of the 20th century. So, uh... Ooh, we could have a whole show just debating that. <laughs> we could, but we won't right now because we have a lot of great stuff coming up. We could, but you would lose. But that's okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, is, is there a trivia question this week? We do have a trivia question this week, and I think it's a good one, actually. Um, and is that about ready to be posted up, Kriana? It's been ready. Okay. Our trivia question for tonight is, there are at least three actors who have played the Joker. Name them and where they played them. Wait a minute. Where meaning like movies or TV or, or voiceovers? No, no. Movie or TV, name the movie or the series. Mm -hmm. And this would be live action only. Oh, that's not fair. It totally is fair. No, it's not live action only. And, I didn't so they have a double it. bonus of who's the only one who's done, done it on both movie and TV. <laughs> that's true, actually. That's a good one. And what's our prize tonight? Our prize is Hollywood Highways number one, as well as a poster of Hollywood Highways. It's fairly attractive, and uh, the picture's on the website. Excellent. Now, what's Hollywood Highways? Let's, let's promote our, our, uh, our on-page sponsors here. Hollywood Highways is actually really cool. It is a comic book. We met, we met who did we meet? The writer of Hollywood Highways hmm. um, at Comic-Con Dome. Correct. Do you remember this? Correct. Oh, yes, I do. Now that I'm looking at the picture, I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, they're on, it looks like, DeviantArt. I guess we can link that because the URL is a little bit convoluted. Their, their username is Scupbucket. Kind of amusing. I think that must be the artist we didn't, we didn't get to meet who wasn't there. But it's, it's a comic book. I think it's fairly new. And um, it's a good read. Fairly, fairly Buffy-esque as far as the artwork goes. I like it a lot. Now, do we have time for one more news item, or is it time to bring in our guest? Uh, How long is it going to take? 30 seconds. <laughs> Go for it. Well, uh, 30 seconds, I'll just do the lead-in. <laughs> uh, tonight's show is the uh, first of our uh, countdown to Boston Comic Con 2010, which will be held April 10th and 11th in lovely downtown Boston. And, and Sci Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the show. Our uh, guest tonight is Bob Shaw, um, owner and half of comicarthouse.com, which is a comic art uh, website specializing in selling original art by comic artists, and he's been instrumental in providing the guests for Boston Comic-Con for a few years now. And let's bring him on. Bob Shaw, are you there? Not yet. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> now he's here. Oh, there, 
There we go. Now we got him. Sorry. How you doing? Bob, welcome. What's happening? Hey, we're just talking about you. Don't make us look bad. Say something profound. Oh, something profound. Good job. Well done, actually. That'll work. <laughs> uh, how's it going, man? Very good. Very good. Bob, we were one time. We were just saying how this is the first episode in which we are doing our countdown to Boston Comic Con 2010 and how you have been instrumental in getting the guest list prepared. You want to tell us some of the guests that are going to be at the show this year? Probably be easier to tell you who's not going to be there, but we'll go for it. Uh, Mike Mignola, <laughs> the creator of Hellboy, will be there. Uh, Jim Lee will be there. Eric Powell, the brain behind the goon, will be there. Nice. Jim Mafood will be there. Uh, wait, wait, Eric Powell now. Living legend Gene Cohen. Ah, oh, beautiful. Now, Eric Powell is, uh, like you said, he does the goon. Now, that just got optioned to be a new movie, right? I believe it is in the option stage. I'm not sure where it stands. That's more of an Eric Powell interview than for me to cast that. But I hope it is a movie because it's one hell of a comic book. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andrew. Please go on. Uh, let's see. Gene Colan, Jim Starlin, Steve Rude, J.H. Williams III, Scotty Young, Christopher Golden, Tom Snagoski, Craig Russo, Norman Lee, uh, Good God, I could go on for a while. i got to pop up the website to even see how many people we got to go. <laughs> and what is the website? The website is www.bostoncomiccon.com. Easy enough. Excellent. So we're looking at Joe Quinones is also there. Joe Justel, Michael Golden, Mark Chiarello, one of the editors from DC Comics, who will be doing portfolio reviews. Ooh. Really? For those of us that like to break into DC Comics, there's the man to pick the brain of. Uh, ben Templesmith will be there, the guy behind 30 Days of Night. Uh, Billy Tan, who's currently working on Thor. Cameron Stewart, who did some nice Batman and Robin stuff. And uh, Pat Broderick will also be there. You'll remember him from uh, God, Doom 2099, some early Captain Marvel and the Micronaut stuff. Yeah, oh my God. So there's going to be... So it's quite a guest list, and we're still building on it right now. So there's going to be – we have a few surprises up our sleeves that I'm not going to give away on your show or anybody else's, but we work hard at it. And when it's announced, you'll be among the first to know. Woo-hoo. Jam-packed with star power, I think. Uh, yeah, we got more things. The 501st, you know, all the guys that run around in the Star Wars outfits. I know, love guys, them. They're excellent. You know, it's – Halloween 365, 24-7 for them. Uh, they're going to be there in full force. Well, mind you, I don't understand the whole dressing up as a Star Wars character thing. More power to them. They do a lot for charity, so good for them. I've got to tell you, you know, the last one we went to, just all, all the people in costume were so much fun. You're just yeah. thinking about uh, all the families. The last Harleys. convention dome is a drop in the pond compared to what this is going to be. Well, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to this one. We're excited. We're psyched. Uh, we're pumped. We're ready to go. I know that the, the promoters of the convention that I work for have put the convention out there in every possible way to 
try and get as many people into that convention as possible. If you start looking at the Dark Horse comics, I believe in two months prior to the convention, you're going to see ads in there for Boston Comic Con. So you're going to see full page ads in every Dark Horse comic book. So the Buffy comics, Primeville comics, Hellboy, yep. Every single Dark Horse comics will have a full page Boston Comic Con ad in it. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, next week, Chris Golden is on. Chris Golden is awesome. I Chris love Golden him. He's an been incredible my human, incredible human being besides a talented writer. Yeah, we, we, I, I can regale you with stories of what a wonderful human being he is, personally. Uh, he's just been uh, a great uh, friend to the show. He's been a great friend to uh, Kriana. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Don't giggle. It was, it was, you Hey, know. I adore Chris Golden. He is one of my favorite writers of all time. And I'm picky. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we are definitely, definitely looking forward to making this, uh, making this convention more fun than the last one was and building, uh, building more and more with each one. Well, there's a couple things going on at this convention that did not happen at the last convention. There are going to be panels at this convention where people could ask questions of people like Eric Powell, Mike McNola, and Jim Lee. There will be a costume contest. Uh, we haven't determined what the prizes are yet, but there will be a costume contest where people will probably win cash for wow. coming to the con in their costumes. Uh, we do have the judges lined up. We just don't haven't figured out what the prizes are yet. Uh, but there's lots of things. I'm trying to organize a drink and draw the night before the convention, so we can do something charity that night. Now, now, uh, trying to organize at the drink and draw. Wouldn't it be a good idea to get the drawings done early so they don't? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's um, much more fun drunk. Floppier, floppier as the night goes on. Wow, it's an evil spaghetti. Oh, come on, man. Tell me that you would not want to get an Eric Powell, and forgive my vernacular, a completely shit-faced Eric Powell sketch of the goon. It could be horrendous, but it could also be one of those memories that just would last a lifetime. I mean, it's just supposed to be a fun event. And, yeah, you're probably right that the drawings were probably much better sober, but they probably wouldn't be nearly as entertaining. Oh, that's cool. That's it could also totally make for good true. blackmail later on. Mr. Powell, if you don't want this to hit the internet. <laughs> do you follow Powell on Twitter? I don't think there's anything you can do to offend the man, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> really? Well, do you follow us on Twitter, Bob? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, and I'm sorry. did you, I mean, come on, he drew, he drew Satan's baby, for God's sakes. <laughs> wow, how did the kid sit? Did you have that? <laughs> exactly. So, if you remember that comic, there's no way that um, you know he's going to get offended by anything he draws. So, but he is one of the the more inspirational talents that are out there that's willing to put things to the cutting edge, at least. Now, Bob, now you got involved with this because you run ComicArtHouse.com, which is a website dedicated to selling original comic book pages and original comic book uh, sketch art and so forth. Um, how did you get into that? And, uh, like, 
let's say I'm an um, up-and-coming artist. How do you approach me? What are your criteria to determine if someone's good enough to be on the site? Um, to be honest, now Comic Art House is a lot different than what I first started with, which was Serendipity Art Sales, which is now owned by Jerry Livingood. Uh, back then, I was really more concerned about uh, getting independent artists and giving them a voice in the industry. Because, to be honest, once you're an independent artist, no art referee really wants to go near you. Nobody wants to deal with you, and they don't want to put yourself on the web because they're afraid they're not going to make any money. I honestly didn't care. I just wanted people that I thought had a whole lot of talent and not a lot of exposure to get out on the web and reach a different audience by banding together. Serendipity had some, you know, they had some mainstream guys in there. Craig Russo was on there. You know, Norman Lee was on there. Steve Mannion was on there. And that brought in the traffic and it brought in a lot of sales for the other guys to, you know, feed off them because they never got to see their stuff before. Right. Comic Art House is a little bit of a different animal. Um, what I did with that is I kind of took all the mainstream guys from Serendipity Art Sales before I sold it because, you know, that's just a smart business move to completely devalue the website you're trying to sell. Um, <laughs> and I brought them all over to Comic Art House. I started out with 10 artists in, I believe it was April of 2008. So we're not even, we're about a year and eight months old on that site right now. And we started out with 10 and we have 50, about 50 right now, I believe. But the main criteria behind all that is that you've worked for a major publisher or you're mainstream, so to speak. Like people will look at Sarah Richards and say, she's not mainstream. Well, she does Hasbro toy design. And if you can't tell me Hasbro is not mainstream within every major toy store, every Walmart in the country, I don't know what's more mainstream than toys. Right. So, but that started out because it was just serendipity was God. It was like 95 artists at that time. And I flopped and I had Comic Art House running at the same time. So there's 105 plus I had another 15 over on Comic Art. So you're trying to talk of dealing with over 100 different personalities. How'd that work out for Basically, you? My, uh, it, was, it worked out very well. That's why I only own Comic Art House right now. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot easier maintaining 50 people than it was that many, especially since a lot of people thought that the minute they get on a website that it's you know easy. It's just going to be instant sales. It's not that easy within the industry right now. You can advertise everywhere. You can try and put it out as much as possible. You can be as good to your customers as you want, but you can't have your customers making money and hoping to buy artwork. You need them to have money to spend on artwork. And the economy's not quite that way right now. Right. But it's a very, there's a very low overhead as far as this goes. I mean, the web costs are basically nil. And I'm the web designer, so I don't have to pay anybody to do the web. It explains why it looks so bad, though. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to worry about anybody answering the emails because I do all that. And the other phone calls I do, I mean, Kim helps me out immensely when it comes to organizing the stuff because she'll tell you I'm the least organized person in the world. Oh, she has. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she has. <laughs> well, let's not this, go there. All of this art collecting can be blamed on one person, and that's Trevor Von Eden. Um, my very per first piece of artwork was something I bought from Bob Smith. 
who was the anchor of Trevor Von Eden on Black Canary number five. I bought a splash page from that issue for a whopping ten dollars, and I still own it. And yeah, try and buy a splash page for ten dollars now that says Black Canary on it. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> and is it just me or has Comic Art just gotten ridiculously expensive over the past ten years? Man, I, I, blame, I blame the dealer and just. Uh, yeah, they suck. <laughs> the whole lot of them. <laughs> but you went from being able to buy a sketch for $10 from, I don't know, I bought Balsamix. I was able to buy a Lobo Lady Death sketch for 20 bucks. The same Lobo Lady Death sketch would cost me $200 now. Wow. It's crazy. And most of the time you're paying this money for sketches at shows. You're not going to have any flip value with it. I mean, people are looking, oh, I'm going to be able to flip that. Look, unless you're getting something from Adam Hughes or Eric Powell or, you know, one of the top ten wizard artists, your reflip value in that stuff is pretty low. So you better be sure that you like what you're getting. Mm. Yeah, but you, know what, you don't plan on selling it anytime soon. But you know what the good thing about going to one of these shows is? You walk in, and there's a lot of artists there who you may not have the name value uh, one that comes to mind almost immediately is Sarah Richard. Here, here. Now, I walk past her setup, and my jaw dropped. And I just kind of went, my God, there is a talented young lady. And, you know, I own two pieces of her artwork. Kriana, you own a piece, don't you? Um, I actually don't think I... Do. I thought you did. Uh, you actually, there will be there will be a comic show uh, later this month uh, in Manchester, New Hampshire, sponsored by Double Midnight, in which Sarah Sarah will be there. Um, we will. Yes, you will. That is on. I think it's on. Oh, good lord! Yeah. Told you, unorganized. Well, I was going to say, we'll have some making coffee you know, right We now. will get information from Double Midnight so we can talk about that on next week's show. But, I mean, the thing is, a lot of the stuff from a lot of the artists there is incredibly reasonably priced. Yeah. So that you but want... You deal with an independent... Go ahead, Bob. I'm when sorry. you deal with an independent artist, you're dealing with someone who needs to make money. Someone who's very good at what they do and... You're able to buy stuff reasonably. Um, I could buy, you know, you're talking Sarah's sketch cards for $10. Yeah. That's cheap. That's incredibly cheap when you're talking sketch cards these days. Right. I know there are some on my site that go for $70 for a commission of one. So that means you could buy seven sketch cards from Sarah for that same one sketch card. Right. That's insane. It's just crazy. Uh, it's just name recognition. It's, it's, as a dealer, I mean, it's kind of sad when you know someone's as talented as someone else, but they just don't draw because of the name recognition. Yeah, but that also means you can't get involved in getting good. Uh, Tracy Lee Quinn's another one that's uh, oh my God. on right yeah. now, but I guarantee five years from now, her name's going to be on everyone's list. I can't imagine her not uh, being a storyboard artist on Cartoon Network or something. She's just too good to, to be unknown for long. 
No, wait, is Tracy going to be at oh, yeah, Comic-Con this she year? She's got my business card. <laughs> is Tracy going to be there in April? She will be there in April. Uh, there's, I believe the list is, there's a couple people that need to be added to that list on the website right now, like J.H. Williams isn't on there quite yet, although he was announced on their Facebook page. Uh -huh. Todd DeZago was also going to be there. Dr. writing. Um, <laughs> Dr. Shivago, Todd DeZago. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, talk oh, yeah. about to the gulags. <laughs> Bob, let me ask you. I mean, you've been doing this for so many years now. I mean, what are what are the prized uh, prizes of your collection? Prizes of my collection? Yeah, that's, that's, that's like the one thing that, uh, like the items that if someone said, "Hey, that looks great," I'll give you a grand for it, and you'd say, "Nope, sorry, this one's not for sale. This is mine." I have an Airtel watercolor death painting. That's from the Sandman series, so I know gaming. I have a Ben Templesmith death repainted uh, CG commission, you know, computer graphics, uh -huh. uh, that I have the original prelims, the original ink drawing, and then the computer printout, which he painted over. I would never sell that. Um, I have a couple of Joe Lindsner's I definitely would never sell. Oh, actually, most of for my personal collection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he's... Joe Winsner's my favorite artist, hands down. Hands down. He's one of the nicest guys in the industry. Uh, Eva Hopkins, the person that writes... Um, the Lord. <laughs> what was that? Ivory with him. If she Don't even want to know. Um, Bob, did you just bloop? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay, then. I believe that was all Kriana. <laughs> I did nothing. Uh, <laughs> I blame the dog. At that Chinese restaurant again? I mean, oh. But anyway. Uh, don't go to that. <laughs> uh, but like any other collector, you know, you just have those things that you, you just say no. There's just no way you're going to get rid of. I'm sure you have, you know, I'm sure Illustrator X has a house full of stuff that, is irreplaceable. Starting yeah. with his that you just can't get rid of. Well, you know, this is the four-color vault of comics here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I know you can't see me, but yes, I did just say that with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the loyalty of this <laughs> camaraderie. Ah, the glass. <laughs> Um, the nice thing for Sci-Fi Saturday Night is uh, actually just being a part of it. Um, for us, it's uh, a great time to meet artists, talk to artists, meet people who are listening to us, both off the website and off iTunes. And uh, it's just fun. I got to tell you, it's just fun. Absolutely. It is. I have a lot of fun every convention that I go to. Get to meet tons of new people and hang out and maybe maybe do a cast from the con. I don't know how late the con goes this year. Hey, here's a here's a, here's a good um, table discussion for everyone. Um, well, we're all convention pros at this point. We've all been to more than a few. What do's and don'ts do you offer? to those people who maybe the Boston Comic Con will be their first experience. Do if 
you want to, uh, let's see, first experience, do not bring 900 copies of the goon to Eric Powell to sign. That is inconsiderate <laughs> to everybody in line behind you, you freaking fanboy. <laughs> That's my bit of advice. I would say do not admit that it's your first con because no one, no one will know. Yeah, my advice would be uh, don't stare. <laughs> uh, because I've made that fatal mistake a number of times. It's not that they stare at you, Dom. It's they're awestruck. I don't uh, think he means at him. I think he was staring at certain Harleys. If you know what I mean. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> If you don't know what I mean, Dome has a thing for Harley Quinn. I'm going to end it there. No, you're not going to end it there, because I'm going to continue on by saying, and anybody who dresses up as Harley Quinn, please come and have a picture taken with me. We have them up on the website. No, we don't, but we might soon. We're supposed to have them up <laughs> on the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's all love here. I, it's all love. Uh, here's another question. Um, where the the comics industry has been hit hard, you know, over the last few years, where a lot of the indie publishers have had to go under, you know, there's less choice in comics per se. Uh, do you see that that's really hit the comic book convention circuit? I mean, do you see, like, a decrease in uh, comic show attendances? Uh, I don't think that the major shows will get hit nearly as hard. I've heard that people have seen attendance go down, but Boston's remained pretty steady in its climb as far as going up. But then again, we're kind of a growing show, so it's kind of tough to judge by us. I mean, if you look at just the local show, Granite State Comic Con, run by the Double Midnight Boys, they did a fantastic job last year by bringing them. I think they went over their attendance by 20% the previous year. So big shows like Baltimore did very well. You know, San Diego, San Diego. You can't even shut down San Diego, for God's sake. <laughs> Five days of comics. So I think if people put the right product out there and they keep it cost-effective for people to get to the show, people need an outlet. They need to go somewhere. Uh, you know, the movies are nine bucks a pop, you know, you get in two hours, they charge you $22 for a thing of popcorn and a soda, and you really don't get much out of it, especially if you're going to see any movie involving, you know, Matthew McConaughey. Um, but as long as, as, long as, you're, as long as you're putting out a decent product and, you know, treating the crowd pretty decently, you know, bringing in good artists, giving them access to them and, you know, letting them have a decent time and keeping it as a family atmosphere, you're going to bring people in. You're going to bring people in because they just need to get out. And you know, the economy I... may be bad. They may... Go ahead, Brianna. Uh, I was just going to say that a lot of cons I've noticed lately, some of them are really nickel and dimey. And, like, they'll charge you to get in, and then, you know, if you want to see certain guests, you have to pay more. And then if you want to go to certain other events, you have to pay even more. At the end of the day, you've paid, like, $200 for the weekend before, you know, you've even bought anyone's merchandise, which is, like, 
let's face it, really what you're going there to do. And I think that's just ridiculous, and I think those are mainly the shows that are going to suffer. Well, let's talk about Arisha for a minute. What the hell is up with their artist alley and the way they're charging the tables? I've never seen anything so half-assed in my life. Um, uh, I've never... $10 per hour or whatever it is. Just, you know, sell the table. Let the person sit the whole show and make some money. And why they're charging you guys who's going to help promote their show, shame on them. Shame on them. You're a great resource that they're not taking advantage of. And having you guys pay your way in and have you pay to get a table there or any space and have to pay for you, Dome, and Illustrator X to get in is just sad. We won't treat you that way. Come to Boston. we got a table waiting for you. Uh, we're coming to Boston, Bob. Uh, There's no question. You don't have to tell <laughs> us Bob twice. Bob I love you, and I want to have your baby. <laughs> uh, I already got seven, man. I'm tied <laughs> off. It's all good. Wow. <laughs> X, I, I think you may have a problem there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in many ways, you know, Bob, I... I in, in this time, in, in the economics of this time, you know, there's a quid pro quo that needs to have to happen in order for everybody to survive. And, you know, Boston Comic Con is doing a great job of working with that. Great job. We love you. Have we oh, lost? Fine. I got to carry his kid alone. You don't want to have his baby either. <laughs> That's right. You're carrying the kid. Oh, my ovaries. I'll throw you a baby shower. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hold you to that. <laughs> hey, and I hate to say oh. it, but um, go, go ahead. No. Just, has it? Have we come to the end of another underdog show? <laughs> I do believe we have. In Darkest Rain and Deepest Night. No evil shall escape my sight, or something like that. Uh, I blew the Green Lantern Creed. Sorry about that. Totally did. You should wow. be ashamed of yourself. Murdered, buried, and forgotten. Uh, hmm. Well, we've come to the end of another uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, tiptoe through the walrus. Uh, Boston Comic Con will be Saturday and Sunday, April tenth and eleventh. Starting at 10 a.m., closing at 5 p.m. every night at the Western Boston Waterfront, 425 Summer Street in Boston. The cost is a measly $15 per day to get in. And i got to tell you, it's an event not to be missed in the New England area. Great fun will be had by all. Especially and us. We'll be We'd there. also like to let our listeners know that uh, if they want to purchase any original artwork uh, through Bob Shaw, any of the fine artists he represents, they can go to www.comicarthouse.com. Uh, they can and also go to the sister site of serendipityartfield.net. And those websites are all listed, will be listed on the podcast website so that you can see those there. Um, is there anything else we need to wrap up before we wrap up the wrap-up wrap-up? Uh, all I want to say is that uh, a few days ago, uh, the stock Marvel stockholders approved the buy with Disney, so the Mouse House owns the House of Ideas now. Wow. I'm not sure how good or bad that is. Only time will tell. I will say this. We might actually see a digital distribution that... Uh, thing coming from D.C. 
because Walt Dis- the Disney Corporation knows how to do digital distribution. So, yeah, good point. That's that's the one good thing that I see coming out of this. In my- you mean Marvel, right? Right. Sorry. Okay, just checking, <laughs> making sure I was right there because yeah. I was a little confused. No. Maybe I'm not up on all the news. Maybe Disney bought both. No, thank goodness, no. Which would be a conglomerate of ungodly proportions. As if it's not already. (laughs) On that note, uh, it's time for us to go hit our DVR so that we can all watch uh, the Doctor Who end of an era, (coughs) followed by Demons on BBC America tonight. Um... From the Hellmouth at the Austin Brighton Nexus, <laughs> Anna, thank you for joining us tonight. See ya. From Erie, Indiana, Java, once again, always a pleasure to have you with us. So long, everyone. And from the four-color comic vault of uh, Doom in Manchester, New Hampshire, Illustrator X. <laughs> Keep it it's time to take Merlot downstairs and watch the TV. I am Dome from high above Area 51 looking out at everything going on and saying as well as I can. May the universe sing you to your sleep. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>